to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Welcome back, everyone, to part three, and I guess this will be the last part. I'm not sure, but we just couldn't make ourselves in the conversation. There's still so much more, so much more to learn from you guys and about you guys. So when we left off in, in the second part of this uh, series, y'all were just starting to talk about the mission field. Well, again, this is our, our Valentine's couple for this month. Oh, yeah. uh, we need so to make them this will be our special yeah, couple we that we'll have the feature there. <laughs> but you know, uh, y'all's story, we've been so impressed by it so far. How when you didn't see hope and you didn't see things that was out there, God was moving. And we talked about how we think it, he, he puts pieces of a puzzle together. And, you know, sometimes. You can't see, you know, I've, I've watched at church before where you had someone do a, a drawing or something, sketch something out, and you're thinking, what is that? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's the most beautiful thing in the world that it means something when it all, it's a finished thing. And yeah. I think God does that in our lives. And so we, we've talked about how he's taken Lindsay's life and he's taken Micah's life and he's intertwined them together. So now, Micah, you talked a little bit about her ministry, her her beliefs and what she was thinking about being a missionary that wasn't your dream Mm -hmm. but uh through one mission trip two mission trips you started to feel a little bit of transformation and that's where we want to pick back up again a little bit here in part three tell us a little bit about that transformation you were against it at first because you still wanted to plant that church but uh tell how that mind change started to come about yeah so um you know it was about three Four years into our marriage, now maybe even earlier than that. I don't know. I was I was it in was the middle one of year. Ministry. It was before we had a baby, so it that's was true. Pretty okay. quickly after, but I think God did that because I before we got married, I was really torn about marrying Micah because he didn't feel called to the mission field, and I had no doubt that I was going to be there one day. Well, mm-hmm. you were going to be Mother Teresa first, yeah. and, and yeah. Micah <laughs> didn't have no part in your life. You're no. going to be a, a, a nun here. Yes. I was going to be church pastor yeah. planner big church guy and yeah. you weren't having part of that so and so i really felt tension. yeah i felt god was really calling us to get married i really really felt like he was who the lord had for me to marry but then also i was like but god what about this passion and dream that you've given me because i know it's yours that you placed in my heart because it was not there before i got saved but now it is and so I really felt the Lord just speak to me like, Lindsay, I gave you this passion and this desire, but you have to trust me with it. You can't control it. You have to trust me to bring it to pass. And if this is what I have for you, it's going to happen. And so not to say that, you know, you need to marry somebody that's an unbeliever and he's going to save them. But I was marrying someone that also loved the Lord and I love the Lord and we serve the same God, the same Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit puts something in my heart and we become one, then he's going to put it in the other person's heart. And so that was a huge trust thing that I had to do. So here we are diving into marriage. Micah has no passion for the mission field, and I'm a little, little concerned, but I'm trying to act like I'm trusting the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um... Yeah, so it, our church sends us on a mission trip, and I, I would back up and say I think that might even be the hardest part of our first year of marriage was that tension. Yeah, 
I'm trying to figure out because we were going, what did we just get ourselves into? <laughs> you know, because you were going this way, I was going this way, and it was just this it, constant yeah, tension. Was, yeah. Anyway, so um, my pastor comes to me and he's like, hey, um, we're supporting this this uh, ministry in Rwanda, Africa, and we're going to do a vision trip and go out and see what they're doing. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure, if it's free. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm sure Lindsay will love that. And sure enough, she did. And um, uh, we go. Yeah, she's like, doing a happy dance. I said, do not get your hopes up. It's look, I'm going. And I'll go open-hearted and open-minded, but do not get your hopes up. So I go, and it was cool. Had a good time, you know. Got to go on a safari, and that was great. And then I came home, and um, she's like, so what did you think? What did you think about it? Did you, did you like it? All this stuff, she's asking all these questions. I'm like, I mean, it's okay. No, I like TV. I like electricity. Yeah. I like this. I like that. Uh, I do not like squatty potties. I yes. not. So, the um, full 10 days, I was like on my knees interceding, like, Lord, please call him to the mission hard. field. <laughs> I probably fasted that whole time, too. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, we came back. Anyway, the, you know, continued in ministry, doing what we were doing. Um, then there was an opportunity for a second trip. So I go on that second trip because I had fun on the first trip. Now I wasn't going to live there, but I had fun. So I went and... Um, Did we go uh, together this time? No, that was the third time. Okay. So, second time we went, I was like, okay, I can kind of see myself living here. I could kind of, I could kind of see it, kind of see it. And um, I had this moment, even I, I didn't even tell you about this until way later, but I had this little moment with um, our, one of our translators um, that was there. And he said, he, he said, Micah, I believe one day you are going to be a missionary. And I was like, <laughs> you're crazy. Have you talked to Lindsay? Yeah, yeah, no. He had an earpiece in Lindsay's room. And the Holy Spirit, I was telling God, like, tell Micah. And then the Holy Spirit told them. Yeah. Like, oh, you're cute. That's, that's okay. But anyway, um, so I came back. I was like, I can kind of see it. I could, I could see how you went on that one trip and you really liked it and you loved missions and you wanted to move there. I could see it. I said, but we're still. But then by that third trip, she went with me the third trip. And she had never been to Rwanda. She had been to, where was it? Kenya. Kenya. Um, and those are both neighboring countries in East Africa. And East Africa has like an East African culture, so it's a mm -hmm. lot. There's very a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. So Anyway, um, we, we both fell in love with it at the same time. Okay. She re-fell in love with it, and I fell in love with it. And I was like, yeah. okay, we got to do this. We don't know how we're going to do this, but. At some point in time, maybe we can do this. Mm -hmm. And maybe I can see myself. And you had an eight-week-old baby at yeah. this time? And I was like, how am I going to leave her? Mm -hmm. but yeah, and at that point, guys, I remember you had like a, a panic attack on the plane. On the plane, because I was like, what did I just do? I'm going 24 hours away from my baby. But I have the best mother-in-law and father-in-law mm -hmm. that like watch her like a hawk. Right. Which now, I mean, that's where my kids are now. They're mm -hmm. great. So I fully trusted them. Thank the Lord. Mm -hmm. so that's a hard thing like when we went to uganda um and our kids were probably i don't know about eight and ten ten twelve something like that but being 24 hours away mm -hmm. like i remember like segments of the flight thinking okay the first leg of the flight i thought okay if something happened i could get home yeah. i could get home in a reasonable amount of time but once we crossed that ocean 
and were completely on the other side of the planet. You yeah. didn't even there remember anything like, about the flight. Oh, come on. <laughs> that was the only way I could cope with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, funny story on that. And we'll hijack your podcast here for a minute. But the funny thing about that is Amanda was freaked out. She was crying in the van about leaving. She yes. couldn't do it. She was almost like hyperventilating, going to back out. I was like, you, you've got to do this. And, you know... So she got beyond that. We get in there. Well, she's nervous on this flight. We were just two bumpkins. We hadn't hardly flown ever anywhere. Well, so now we're going on this big giant plane. We're going to be doing this. And we had to go, you know, Amsterdam, Amsterdam over, blah, blah, blah. Well, you made it to Amsterdam okay. Mm-hmm. But then we know this big flight is going to be, how many hours was that uh it's like six I don't or seven. Know. It it's was long. Yeah. incredibly so, long. So yeah. the problem is, is we go from Detroit like to Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and we have our plane is late, so we have to run as fast as we can in the airport, pulling our luggage, everything to get to that plane, and we don't even have time to go to the bathroom, get a break, anything. So we fly from Detroit to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Africa, mm-hmm. so we don't get to walk around the airport, do anything. Well, they end up having like an ambient or something, and she takes it because she was just still nervous or whatever like that. Somebody was like, take this or whatever. Well, me and, and, and this one girl that was <laughs> that was on the trip, we were sitting there, and Amanda's like between us. And we don't even hardly get off the runway. And Amanda's already zonked out almost. <laughs> and she's trying to, like, it, this was for really touchscreens. This touch is before screens. iPads. iPads, touch touchscreens. Touch Amanda has got the, the monitor on the, the plane trying to touchscreen it. Like, we're oh looking at each other like, what in the world? Well, she, <laughs> she goes to sleep. And she doesn't wake up until we land. She wakes up and like and we're all like just bored. I'm sitting between like two Muslim guys almost right in the middle, trying to talk to them because I'm a talker. Uh-huh. And and Amanda don't even know hardly the trips even went on. And then so oh when God, she says amazing. all this, I was like, no, wait a minute. So anyway, we had those funny stories too that yeah. about her anxiety and different things, but it's hard. So y'all go on this trip. So tell us about that point. So, um, anyway, so we go on this trip and, um, we fall, I fall in love with it. She's falling in love, re-falling in love with it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, let's, we've got to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know if it's going to be here somewhere else, but we, we got to do this. And then we go back and probably are in ministry another two, three years. And, um, missions is always popping up in our conversation. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when and we don't know how God's going to do it. Yeah. In a lot of different ways, our you know our church actually hired a missionary on furlough that was actually blacklisted. They were somewhere in the 1040 window, blacklisted from their country, um, and we just happened to know them and hired them on as as family pastors, just kind of help them out. It was a really cool situation, and um, while they were trying to get all of their stuff figured mm-hmm. out so they could go back mm-hmm. and had conversations with them about the 1040 window and. And they had young kids too. And I think that that for me, as a mom, because you worry about your kids going to the mission field, I think that for me gave me that, like, okay, if they do it, we can do it. Because our kids are literally like a few months apart. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I can can see me doing this now, not just as Lindsay and Micah, but as a family. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, our our church uh, actually partnered with an organization called Ministerios Buena Vista in Guatemala. And um, uh, 
a lot of people probably listen to this probably know who they are. It's Danny and Kim Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they invited us out. This was post. This was pre COVID. We have our first meeting with them. Okay. Yeah. We're exploring yeah. missions at this That's point. That's what it was. We are looking at many different organizations. We looked into an organization in Uganda. We were going to talk to them because our pastor asked us to. We had never seen ourselves in like the Central American world because we had never been. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to talk to them because we trust our pastor that they were good people and probably a good starting point for mm-hmm. us yeah. as a family to try it out. And it wasn't that far. So, right. so we were looking at them. We were looking at the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we had our conversation with Danny and Kim and um, in Guatemala. And that was in about January, right before the COVID lockdown hit. So this is 2019 before, you know, March, the lockdown mm-hmm. happened and like right. everything, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were talking in January. And we were having that conversation with them and just honestly wasn't, wasn't, wasn't feeling it. Like it wasn't anything about them. We are just, I think we were dead set on overseas. Right. They just didn't have any kind of like Central America. So I don't know. Because, you know, and I think for both of us, it was just a thing. We'd never been there. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had relationships. Here and on, but yeah, we like, had relationships with other people. Like the Rwanda, we had relationships mm-hmm. there. Then we had relationships in the Middle East. And so it was easier to go when you know somebody. And so these are just some outsiders. And when it's one Zoom call for like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you didn't really get to, anyway. Um, long story short, uh, during COVID, Danny gets COVID really bad, so bad that, um, you know, it ends up, he ends up with what they call long haulers, which is, uh, autoimmune disease. That's like your immune system is like looking for COVID, but it's not there. And, you know, and, and you end up with it attacks issues. his body. body. He had yeah. a lot of issues with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. He had he had issues with COVID, but even after after he got over COVID, he was still having all these issues it's because of that. And, yeah, His completely. lungs collapsed. Yeah. So part of their ministry is up on this mountain, and it's really big, and you have to walk all the way up it, and that's where they have one of their feeding centers is on there. And so we need young a young couple that can do this. So he um, walked up there. This was in November, and. He had his lungs completely collapsed. Oh, wow. And so he ended up um, getting an oxygen tank there. He had to plug into the lawn. He couldn't even leave his house. If he had to go to a doctor's appointment, his son, who um, actually is in his senior year in the States now, he um, had to carry him inside. Mm -hmm. And so the ministry is just dating Kim, their husband and wife. They've been there 10 years. And they have some Guatemalan people who are now our dear friends. Um, that work for them and help run the ministry. But they're the only Americans there. So him being sick took a huge toll right. on the ministry because mm-hmm. he had been, he had done it all. Mm-hmm. They started organically. Like God called them there. He went and scoped out a place for them to live. Then they moved there not knowing the language and developed relationships. Like they didn't join mm-hmm. somebody. They started organically from the bottom. Mm-hmm. But during this time, they weren't on our radar. So we talked in January, planned to talk again, but Guatemala shut down completely you couldn't even leave your house like go outside of your house for multiple hours there was like a I think maybe four hour window where you could go to the grocery store and they let in like one person two wow. people at a time it was crazy did you see a lot of sickness there was there a lot of people that you saw that had COVID I know you talked about him but you know was it about like it is here I think honestly it didn't get as bad there after everything would happen here and then it took a while to get there. there. You saw it, uh-huh. but you know, because there would be times that, you know, they would put a sign on the door. 
right. and someone inside had just just died. Wow. You know, because right. they didn't go to the hospital, they just died. Right. Um, and so, and a lot of times, if you got COVID there, some mm-hmm. of the locals, you just didn't tell anybody, and you went out. And yeah. You did your stuff. Yeah. And you went to work. And, right. But that's how it spreads too. And so, um, uh, but with the healthcare there, you know they. People talk about, well, Guatemala's got free health care. Yeah, but you don't want it. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Americans don't want it. And, yeah. Well, it's they don't. I mean, they you go in with a cut, and you may not come out. Yeah. yeah like that kind of deal. It's a rough situation. So, um, so yeah, we, I mean, we saw some things, uh, but, you know, a lot of times it was once, once they got COVID, they did they did quarantine themselves. And they mm-hmm. one thing about Guatemala is when the government says something, People just do it. Right. They're not they say put a mask on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put a mask on. They say, I mean, you'd see a car full of, you know, it's Guatemala. There'd be 17 people in one car. And they'd all have masks mask on. on. Yeah. In the car. yeah. And you had to wear them outside, too. Mm-hmm. Had to wear them outside, inside, everywhere. So, um, and, you know, they would they would, mm-hmm. they would would quarantine, but then, you know, we just find out they died, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, people, so it was, some people wouldn't even get diagnosed, and they would die in their homes. Mm-hmm. And Danny and Kim shared some stories about that, and that would be somebody probably that had COVID. You know, you just right. don't know because they suffocated. Mm-hmm. But while all of this is going on, COVID's going rampant, Danny's getting COVID. We don't know about it because we planned to have a conversation with them later, but then we just didn't. And so because that didn't go anywhere, we were planning on going to the Middle East. And so we had told our pastor we're going in October to the Middle East and we got our kids' passports and we sold our house. And this is in August. Mm-hmm. So like this is the plan, we're doing it. And then all of a sudden COVID gets so bad, everything shuts down. Like the Middle East shuts down. You right. cannot get into the country. Where we were gonna be would be Israel and couldn't get in at all. And so then we're homeless, living with Micah's parents, passports for our kids, have everything sold, but we don't know what we're doing. We're like, God, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. we really felt you were calling us to this. We're ready. What are we doing? And I don't know how you guys feel about dreams, but I had this dream. I, I am not lying. I have it written down on my phone with the date on it. I had this dream, and in my dream, I didn't see visible God or anything, but there was this voice who I know to be the voice of God. I'm not saying it's his actual voice, but a voice to me that said, fast and pray until January 1st. And so I told Micah, I was like, I think we're supposed to fast and pray until January 1st. Mm -hmm. And so that was hard, though, because we were living with his parents, and that meant we probably shouldn't buy a house, all this stuff. And so we're fasting and praying, and we're just going about our daily lives. And it's hard living with another family, even if you love them oh, so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. You got your own lives. I got two kids that are running around, probably getting on your nerves because you haven't had mm-hmm. kids in your house in a long time. And so we get a little antsy. And this is another one of those God protection moments. We decide, okay, we have a friend of ours that's going to sell a house, and we could flip it. It's a tiny house, two bedroom, one bathroom, directly across from friends of ours that we had actually started a church in their house with. And so um, we're like, okay, let's just do this. Let's buy this house. It's a great deal. We can flip it and rent it out as an Airbnb, or we could um, sell it when we go. So we get into this. Um, It takes a little while to do the inspection. We're like a week away from closing. I have this random lady call me. Y'all, I'm not kidding about this. <laughs> this lady, I haven't spoken to her in two years. And she said, Lindsay, I had this dream about you last night. Wow. She said, you're walking into or you're walking into this house with boxes. And I was facing the house. She describes this house to a T. 
That's I mean, crazy. She says, it's a brick home. It's got two windows on the side. Tells me the color of the door. And then tells me the house next to it, to the left, if you're facing it. Knows the exact location had just been <laughs> renovated. <laughs> and I knew that because my friend across the street was a realtor. And we were joking about it because we didn't like the inside. <laughs> and so we were joking about it looking through the renovation pictures. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. And she said, when I was walking in, she said, this is not what God has for you. Wow. And I'm like... Are you kidding me, Lord? Are you just going to keep slamming the doors? I'm just, we're so upset and frustrated. So then we have to call our friend a week from closing after we've already been through. If you've ever bought a house, you know what yeah. that's like. Mm-hmm. And tell him, like, there's just no way we can buy this house. I can't. I can't do it. And so we pray about it, talk about it. We tell him. And then it's coming up um, on New Year's Eve. And our church is doing this huge ball drop. Um, and Micah works really hard at it. It takes him a lot because he's like a techie kind of guy. He puts the ball together with all the lights mm-hmm. and stuff. I was out there until midnight. Yes. And so we were there, and that night we um, stayed. It was at Quell Creek, and they have a hotel, so we stayed there that night. And I still knew about that dream, but I didn't really think about the date, January 1st. And so uh, I stayed there that night. I stayed there with you. And then we came back. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I said they're at the Okay. Well, that morning I woke up with (laughs) you in the same hotel for some reason because you had a phone call with someone. And ends up, Danny, the missionary from Guatemala, calls us on January 1st. I'm not lying. Mm -hmm. He calls us on January 1st and he says, hey. We were about to make a decision to go to Rwanda Mm -hmm. with the organization we went to Rwanda Mm -hmm. with. We and were because he was going to call me, and we, we had made the decision. We were like, okay, well, maybe this is what we're supposed to be praying for. January maybe it's Rwanda. Well, yeah. Maybe it's Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And he was calling me that morning, and he um, he called. No, he did call me, and I, mm-hmm. so he said, hey, man, let me let me call you back in like five minutes. I had something come up. Well, in that like five minutes, she calls me, and she's like, hey, um, Danny wants us to come. Just for like four days, bring him an oxygen concentrator. Yes, he needed a portable oxygen concentrator so he could get out and about and go to doctor's appointments and stuff. And Pastor Brad, our pastor, we were on staff at that church then. I was working part-time, Michael was full-time. And he said, hey, we've been wanting to do something for them. We'll pay both of your plane tickets. Y'all go take this to him. Micah can be off work because he'd worked so hard that week. So this is all happening on January 1st. And then I'm over here like, oh, my gosh, this is God. Like, this has to be God. And Mike is like, he's mad. I'm, I'm mad because I'm like, we're about to make this decision. Like, he, he just got off the phone with me. He's about to call me back. What am I going to say to him? Right. You know, he know, And he knew, like, because we had had conversations leading up to that point. He knew yeah. that I was probably about to tell him yes. And um, she's like, well, let's let's just wait on the decision and let's go to – Guatemala just see I'm like I was so mad because I was like you know we're gonna we're gonna make a decision to go to Guatemala after mm-hmm. we go down there I was like maybe not maybe not and anyway so and then he calls me back I said hey man look we've got this tri- I was about to tell you yes but we've got this trip that just came out of nowhere I said just be patient with us and he's like okay man sure <laughs> just, I was like oh my goodness anyway yeah. um so we ended up going and it was a good trip. And um, on that trip, two things. Number one, we knew we knew on that trip that it wasn't where God was calling us long term. Mm-hmm. But we did know on that trip that God was calling us to Danny and Kim. Right. Because they are so authentic. Yes. They're and we knew if we were going to be on the mission field, 
these are the people we want to learn from. These are yeah. the ones that we want to be like. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole they they are their incredible. The real deal. Absolutely. Yeah. When you see Danny, like he couldn't even get out of the vehicle hardly while we were there. But when he rides through, everybody comes up to him. He loves them. Gives the little kids a kiss. Like mm-hmm. right. it's like seeing wow. if Jesus would have walked through a road. I mean, it's like watching Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. We we had some experiences like that, and it was almost like I. I said that uh, it was like we were almost rock stars, and and it's not supposed to be about us, but they took us to an island when we went to uh, uh, Uganda, mm-hmm. and it was like they they were carrying the women out of the water so they wouldn't get wet all to the shore and everybody was just wanting to touch you the whole group you know mm-hmm. you look different than them you know and everything right. with that but it was crazy they put on a festival and they did things and it was just it, it was kind of that way mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, some unreal stories and, and like we said we will share some of those later but so this kind of gave you clearance that this mm-hmm. isn't really where you were supposed to be but you were getting the nurturing and kind of teaching you what it was like to be a missionary and being around there. So um, go ahead. It was definitely a training for us. And then when we mm-hmm. came back, we announced actually a year ago today, I saw it on Facebook Yeah, popped up from the day of this recording um, was when we announced that we were going. Going to Guatemala. And so um, it was on like February 7th. Isn't that today? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. February 7th, we left on March 16th. So that yeah. gave us, Six weeks to raise the money we needed. And we raised $30,000 in six weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it was absolutely insane how. So six weeks? Yeah, it yeah. was like uh-huh. about six weeks. And so we had to sell everything we had. But we just knew, we talked to our pastor. He was like, I think this is a great move for your family. And we just felt peace about it. It was mm-hmm. just a good starting point. And we were able to help some missionaries that asked us to come to help them because they needed the help during mission teams. Because what you don't see as when you're a mission trip person is that missionaries have a ministry that they run. But when you're also having a team, you have to take care of the team, but you also have to run your missionaries. Right. Or your missions. Yes. Or Organization. And so it's a lot. And so Danny normally took care of all that. So they really needed some help throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's when we committed March to November. We had a few months to kind of get settled because that's a huge change. Um, had a few months to get settled. And then um, we stayed for a few months after to kind of help things settle up. But the journey to the field is probably the wildest route of our lives. Yeah, because we... We sold everything we had, and and um, we we went all out. And because they they just told us, he said, "Hey, look, if you could just help us with mission teams, that would be enough." Right. So they were like, "Just come during the summer, those three months, and if you like it, stay longer." We said, "Look, let's let's come three months earlier. Let's try to get a little bit of time under our belt, a little bit of Spanish under our belt. Mm-hmm. Let's try to learn as much as we can." Now, did about- y'all have any background with? Spanish language no. or anything. Just what I took in school senior with Miss Rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Senorita. Yeah. yeah. So that really honestly did help though. I picked uh-huh. up Spanish way quicker than Micah did. Yeah. All of it started coming back. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I I somehow got out of Spanish in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I did uh, trade school or whatever. I went yeah. to trade. But um I got out of it so now I wish I would have taken it. But anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot harder for me. But we wanted that three months to just kind of get settled. Let's get a vehicle. Let's get a house. Let's get, well, we had a house lined up. But anyway. Yeah, and you normally have to do a one-year lease there anyway. So mm-hmm. we had a time mm-hmm. family that ended up saying nine months would be okay. So. And then, so we stayed there. We said, let's do March to November. Mm-hmm. And they they were fine with that. They said, yeah, I mean, more the more the merrier, you know, longer, mm-hmm. um, longer you're here, the better. And man, Lord, the Lord actually, he absolutely honored that time because mm-hmm. that entire time we were able to be there, we helped Danny and Kim so much because he couldn't get around, couldn't do much. Mm-hmm. And then November, he was fine. Wow. I mean, yeah. he just... He, took, he had, like, a huge turnaround. A lot of... So, and he did a lot of research on other people, because this is all new, like, COVID yeah. and all this stuff's new and all, mm-hmm. a whole lot of research, mm-hmm. but he did a lot of research on other people that were having this long haulers kind of situation going on, mm-hmm. and a lot of them say about eight month to 12 month. About that marker, those two markers is mm-hmm. when you start to get Turn better. Around. Well, he started getting better at the eight month mark, mm-hmm. and... Was having weeks and weeks and weeks of just, right? You know, feeling great, and so we felt like it was, it, you know, time, time. And then, but mm-hmm. I mean, even in that time frame, we saw God move because his wife ended up coming back to the states with his son, and she ends up getting trapped in the states because of a passport issue where that with their daughter mm-hmm. for like two or three months. And so she's away from him. He's there by himself. And so we were actually back during like a couple of weeks of this time mm-hmm. with our son Highland because he had gotten really sick. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. But something I wanted to add really quick before we get into some of that is that when you do things that God calls you to do, you have to be, especially when he's calling you to something with a high price, right. there's going to be a lot of darts of the enemy that you need to prepare for. Mm-hmm. And I think that one thing if I would have could go back and tell myself is to really get ready. You know, and that's always been the case when we talk about our, in Christianity, you know, when you're not living for the Lord, the devil's going to leave you alone Mm -hmm. because you're no threat to him. So he's not going to, and that was one of always the scariest points. When you try to, to fast, when you try to pray, when you try to get real serious about God, you're going to have more persecution than ever. Yeah. And, you know, and that leads like what you were talking about. I wondered about that. You know, you've got the two young children mm-hmm. that you're taking. You two can handle the mission field. And like you talked about, the hospital care and everything is not good. Mm-hmm. But, boy, that is a big thing to, to take your children there. And, yeah. and and as a small child, as you talk about certain sickness or different things, you know, could be life or death, you know, with it. And so... For you to go through that, that that's a big challenge and different things. And, and how did your kids adapt to this? So speaking of the health challenges, it's funny you brought that up because four weeks before we left to go to the field, I had a sudden health emergency and almost died. I had hyponatremia. It's when your sodium drops too low. Right. They could never explain it, but my level, if I would have went to sleep that night, I would have died in my sleep probably. My levels were so low, one point lower, I would have probably went to a coma or cardiac arrest when I got to the hospital. And so it happened very suddenly. The whole um, like ambulance ride, I'm like, there's no way I can go to Guatemala. Oh. <laughs> and so they keep me in the hospital and they can't explain it. And it was just, I mean, all I can say is it had to be the enemy. The doctors could mm-hmm. not explain what happened to me. And I'm ter- I mean, it terrified me. Um, it caused actually the enemy opened up the door of anxiety. I'd never really dealt with that. But all of a sudden I had very bad anxiety after that because I almost died. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Wow, that's amazing stories there from Lindsay and Micah Camper, and we're just so blessed to be able to have uh, had them as our guest, and we just can't wait to catch up with them in the future to uh, hear some more of the stories about the mission field and just how God is continuing to use them and continuing to bless, and I don't know about you, Amanda, but uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what they're doing and what they're willing to do for the Lord. It's amazing work they're doing and amazing to see them grow as a young couple and uh, to grow as individuals in Christ. That's good stuff. That is. Well, thank you, everyone, and we look forward to catching up with you uh, in another episode.